What's going on, everybody? Draft day is here. The 2021 NFL Draft is tonight. So much to talk about. It's going to be an exciting night, as always, live from Cleveland. Roger Goodell is going to be in the in the building. I'm Pat Trena, alongside Joe Corriere, here to provide you everything you need to know off the gridiron. Joe, this is our. I love this show. This is my favorite show of the year, the NFL Draft Preview. This is probably your fourth or fifth time doing this. I remember going back to the Sam Darnold days. It's almost a little deja vu. It all comes back, almost all comes full circle. Another prospect that, you know, is one of the best prospects that we've seen in years, arguably the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck is Trevor Lawrence highlights headlines this class. We're going to talk about who the top prospects are alongside Trevor Lawrence, go through each pick. But first, Joe, Jets are on the clock second today. Your beloved New York Jets, how you doing? I am doing good. Time is a flat circle when you root for the Jets. And it was a mere three years ago when we were having this discussion, as you said, about Sam Darnold. You know, the sky was blue, grass was green, the air was fresh, and uh, optimism was in the air. That same feeling is here today. Zach Wilson will be a member of the New York Jets by uh, by tonight, and it's time to turn the page. And I am excited to have, for the first time in a long time, a GM, a head coach, and a quarterback all on the same schedule. The Jets are ready to build a formidable group and this playoff drought. And it all starts today, really. The next the next couple of years of Jets football will will be decided really with this with the success or failure of this dra- Jets draft class. Yeah, no, I mean, I love the draft. This is why, you know, what you just said, Joe, you really can make or break the next future five years of your franchise by just, you can screw up the first overall pick, whatever round you, in the first round, second round, third round, those rounds are crucial. And if you mess those up, it could really backfire in future years. A lot of teams are going to be aggressive this year. We have a, uh, obviously a COVID protocol year where people, a lot of top players opted out. Pro days were pretty weird where only a certain amount of um, team scouts were able to go. The NFL combine as a whole was completely canceled. So there was a lot of, it was, it was a year like no other before, but so the thing that's something you got to watch out for tonight is teams being aggressive where a third, fourth round pick this year is not as hit a much of a hit as it was in any other year where you can find a third-round pick with first-round value or that third-round pick could not even be worth a draft pick because there's guys that you know might have played really well this season in a four- or five-game Pac-12 season, had good tape in one year. And it, you know either way, there's a lot to go look out for tonight, but teams being aggressive is something we're going to talk about, what teams we think could trade up, quarterback, obviously is always in discussion. So we're going to start with the draft, but first the, you know, like I said, quarterbacks, the biggest discussion, obviously in every draft, when we were talking about it in, in 2018, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, Josh, uh, Josh Rosen, Lamar Jackson, even the Mason Rudolphs, these guys were all in discussion. There was six quarterbacks going in the first round. I mean, this is pretty similar to how it was that year. A lot of these quarterbacks have a completely different skill set, but we're going to break these five quarterbacks down. The five quarterbacks that headline this class is Trevor Lawrence that we were speaking about is, you know, obviously wins a national championship freshman year. He's been the top guy for the last couple of years. Zach Wilson, the Jets who are are supposed to be taken at number two, the the presumed choice there from BYU, 
flashed in last year, had a uh, big year in the Mountain West Conference. Mac, jo- Mac Jones from uh, Alabama just comes off a national championship. Are the 49ers going to take him at number three? Trey Lance from North Dakota State. Intriguing prospect, one-year wonder from, you know, a, not a D1, D1AA school, North Dakota State, but was a national champion. And these guys, and Justin Fields, um, Ohio State, obviously, before I leave him out, Justin Fields had a really dominant year this year at Ohio State, transferred from Georgia early on. Exciting prospect. These five quarterbacks have been the talk. They've been flip-flopping where they're who's going to go where and whatnot. But to start, like I said, we were just talking about Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, 1-2. Jaguars, we're going to start with that, Trevor Lawrence. Is there any skeptical feeling about the number one pick here with Trevor Lawrence? Not as the prospect because we're not here to sit here and talk about Trevor Lawrence being you know, a bust as of a player, but do you think this is the best situation for him, or if not the best situation, and an okay situation for him to thrive as a quarterback? Uh, Yeah, sure. I mean, it's, it's okay. It's not the best, but what situation is when you're picking number one overall? Uh, Trevor Lawrence in, in Jacksonville, this is this was always the plan from day one. So they're, they're, it's, they're established. They've got the big-name head coach with Urban Meyer. Say what you will about him. He is a big name, and he is respected in football circles. So, you know, the Jaguars have talent, some talent around them. It's going to be uh, it's gonna be like the Colts that first year. You know, there's it's going to be a lot of boom or bust, like when they had Andrew Luck. But overall, you know, the division, the AFC, um, the AFC uh, South is, uh, you know, it's kind of a bunched-up division. So yeah. No one's really separated from the pack. So I think it's a decent situation for him to come in and at least compete right away. I see no reason why they can't. With um, this pick with Trevor Lawrence, you have to ensure that you're giving him weapons. They went after Curtis Samuel. He signed with Washington. Urban Meyer loves speed. And, you know, some some teams, depending what situation, in, they have a lot of balanced drafts. Say you need a corner, you go get a corner. You need a safety, you pass rusher. I think this draft... In the first at least three rounds, first five to six picks, you got to attack heavy on offense because you got you got to let Lawrence succeed right away. They had James Robinson undrafted, which is great, but it doesn't hurt to have a nice two set, uh, you know, two headed monster backfield. Travis Etienne from his teammate from Clemson would be a nice pick in the uh, second pick in the first round, around twenty four. Um, getting another receiver, they have Shark and Lavisca Chenault, but getting another receiver possibly at that pick or in the second round in the slot would be good, an offensive line help, just giving him weapons, tight end, anything that would get him to succeed. Because if you could have a situation where Lawrence comes in, you know, go 7-9, 6-10, the offense looks good, he has a 30-touchdown season, you know, and the defense is not that great, at least you can go and build the defense because they, they've had so many defensive picks in the past and a lot of them haven't panned out. Some have and they're still on the roster. But I think you got to help them offensively. Moving on the Jets, I'm going to let you again start with this one and what your feeling is on this pick because you're a Jet fan and Zach Wilson, you know, Zach Wilson's going to be the pick. Is he your guy? Yeah, I mean, it seems they uh, they zeroed in on him. It seems like, uh, you know, Joe Douglas uh, and Robert Sala really kind of honed in on the, on the process. And as the process went along, you could see more and more that he was the guy. Uh, I think 
frankly, I think it's it was time to move on from Sam. Uh, it was he was due a raise. He kind of plateaued with the Jets. It wasn't a good situation. It was ugly. I'm sure he wanted to get away. He was a great teammate, but he couldn't play all 16 games. Now he's got to play 17. Mm-hmm. Um, the team around him wasn't wasn't very good, but also he wasn't very good. Statistically speaking, numbers-wise, he was the worst starting quarterback in the league last year. QBR-wise and pretty much every other metric had him at the bottom of the barrel. So it was time to get someone that really has the raw upside. Um, I mean, yes, it was one year. Yes, it was one big year, so it could be a one-year wonder. But, I mean, he's shown all the intangibles to be an elite passer in the in the way the game's going, you know, play action, kind of like Sam was as a prospect, you know, run, you know, throwing off play action. You know, he, 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 he set the best PFF uh, – record for for passing last year in 2020 so i mean you know he he's obviously all the raw ability is there you just got to bank on building the team around him him staying healthy and i think he could really flourish as the leader of, of the jets going forward and i'm excited i mean he he you know he might not have the 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 lowest floor you know compared to like a justin fields more polished but the, the ceiling is the highest of any quarterback in this draft so if they get this right i think they'll get it really right kind of like a Mahomes situation yeah, so I think this is a very similar situation in a very – I think both teams are in a very, very similar situation in the first two picks here. Obviously, they were the two worst teams. This is a very similar situation with Lawrence and the Jags. They need to help him right away in offense. I know there's a lot of holes on defense. They have Robert Sal, who's a defensive guy, but they need to give him you know, another running back, pass catchers. They got to help him there. As, just like the Jaguars have two first-round picks – so they have that opportunity to do that in another early one in the second round with an early pick there. So I think there you got to let him succeed. There are a lot of question marks for me personally on Zach Wilson. One, he's from Utah, going into the city of New York City, the biggest media in the in the pretty much the world, obviously, but New York City. But the pressure's there right away. He's gonna have to start day one. He's a he's the second overall pick. Yeah. They don't have a backup. They the pre- don't have a backup. They literally don't have a backup. <laughs> the pressure's going to be on right away, and I'm talking about him just as mentally of being ready for that. The pressure is going to be enormous for a guy who's in a first-year head coach. It's going to be in a new system that he's learning. Then when you're talking about I'll, – I'll talk about what I like about Zach Wilson – what you said, he has a lot of raw potential. He can throw the ball all over the field. He can make every one he, of those throws. He, his arm angles – he could throw, could, he could contort his arm where he could throw it sideways. He really could, at if he wants to make any throw on the field. What I do not like about him is he struggled against Power Five, good competition. You notice it noticeably in the good games against the good competition he had when he had him against Utah, Coastal Carolina. His tape looks shaky. He gets too cute where he. He tries doing too much, and it hurts him, and that could backfire, obviously, as a rookie in the NFL. Um, a lot of times he'll throw a comeback route and miss it high. His ball placement's a little sketchy. There's a lot of things that are raw about him, which, as a quarterback prospect, there are things that you could work on. But when you're getting thrown into the fire right away, day one in New York City from Utah, haven't felt this pressure before, to me, there's a lot of concern there. But – as a prospect, he definitely has a shot. He has traits that are translate well to the NFL, but to me, it could backfire really quickly, really bad fast if it doesn't work out right away. But as a pick, as this pick for the Jets, this is Joe Douglas' pick. This is his guy, like you said, to start the podcast. 
the marriage is the marriage is there. Like there's a quarterback, a coach, a offense coordinator, defense coordinator, whole coaching staff, and a GM on the same page. So this is their guy, and they're going with it. And I applaud them for that. And I like that they've been sticking to their guns and going with this and making the best of the situation, not getting Lawrence. So hopefully it works out. They just got to let him and succeed. You, you would hope. I mean, it's you know, guys, a, lot, guys a lot of the criticisms you have are fair, but some of that criticism also, recent example, is Josh Allen, who had the same kind of thing. You know, didn't play, struggled against Power 5, you know, not accurate with the football, you know, the, the same kind of things, yeah. but had all the raw ability and the talent. You know, they came in, and he sh- he was shaky his, his rookie yeah. year. Got a lot of turnovers, a lot of, you know, hero football. No, absolutely. It was it was and, ugly. But, you know, you you would hope that Joe Douglas, being that this is his, he knows. He's, he's not an idiot. He knows that this is his guy, and his future as a general manager in this league is probably going to depend on the success of this guy. So I would hope that they're going to treat him better than Sam. You know, obviously. I mean, you couldn't have treated him any worse. So hopefully with the coaching staff around him, they could really hone in on his strengths and get him the right players, you know, in year two, year three. You know, because you also don't want a Baker Mayfield situation where you think it's all, you know, rookie of the year, all rosy, and you're going to take off. And then you kind of strip the parts that made him successful, thinking he'll take the next step, and he plateaus. So, you know, you I'm willing to be patient and let this marinate now that everybody's on the same page. But, you know, it's a risk, as I said. But if you treat what he does well, right, and surround him with the talent and that could grow with him, then you could have a Buffalo Bill situation, which seems like a sustainable offense for the next few years. No, 100%. And that's, that's definitely the hope there. And it trans, to transition this to exactly pretty much a similar situation, what you were just talking about, into the next quarterback that I really think is going to be this is that, that guy. In the past five, six years of, of really watching these quarterbacks tape of, of that's when I started doing it about like five six years ago the two quarterbacks that were so raw had had all the you know developmental traits but made mistakes that were kind of made your head scratch but had such a raw ability and potential that I really was about like I really liked them when they came out of school was Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen and the one quarterback in this draft that I think could be that guy this year is Trey Lance from North Dakota State last year in the summer I saw a little hype about Trey Lance started watching his film and was really impressed. He opted out this year, had one, you know, showcase game against Central Arkansas. Honestly, it didn't look that great. There are a little bit of doubts with him where he has a little bit of accuracy concerns in some level. But to me, the his cons, like he, the things that he doesn't, maybe his weaknesses are, I think are all fixable with a good court, with a good coaching staff, good coordinator, whatnot, and. To me, I think his arm strength is elite. When he really want, gets a chance to rip it, it's elite. His mechanics are really, really smooth for a guy that's D1 AA. He didn't throw one interception in his entire college career. At, at least in last year, he had 28 touchdowns, zero interceptions. Running the ball is close to as good as you're going to find of a quarterback prospect. He runs all over the fields. He runs people over. He makes people miss. He reads holes. He ran for 1,100 year, 1100 yards last year, 14 rushing touchdowns. To me, when you look at the past five years of what quarterbacks have been surprising, not from who's the best guy, but what who have been really literally the best quarterbacks in the NFL that are young quarterbacks, the three things that they're able to do, they have the arm strength, they can move, and they have the size. Justin Herbert last year had all the doubts with him with everyone. Everyone had his doubts. He's big. He can move. 
and he has a size. I mean, he um, the the arm strength. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. There's certain guys that might not have all have all three, like Kyler Murray, whatnot. There's a couple other guys like that. But Trey Lance checks all the boxes to me, and the things that you need to work on. I think he can sit behind a quarterback and really thrive. When you look at those quarterbacks, the last thing I would say about this is what you were just saying with sitting behind a sitting behind a guy could benefit. Josh Allen sat six games and still looked really bad, but in Shakey's rookie year, Patrick Mahomes sat the entire season. A lot of these quarterbacks, Justin Herbert sat at least a month till that Tyrod Taylor thing came in October. When they sit, a lot of times like Aaron Rodgers, you're not going to sit that long, but they really thrive from sitting. And I think if you can get the third overall pick, the San Francisco 49ers, I think the pick here should be Trey Lance. And I think if he sits behind Jimmy Garoppolo, this would be the best best situation for the 49ers and Lance. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's definitely a unique situation where he kind of, you know, I think it, his people really, I think he got great advice to really sit out that the rest of that year just to get ready for yeah. the draft because he with the, with you know the pandemic and you know the workouts no one really has kind of seen him recently mm-hmm. you know in that in that in that eye so he's kind of been able to just work out in the shadows and, and build up that hype you know how the backup quarterback's always the most popular guy he's kind of that underground guy that really has caught steam I think he's really done a good job throughout this whole process wasn't too short at the time when he announced that he was foregoing the rest of the season to get ready for the draft. But I think it's worked out great. He's got a lot of hype. The tape, the tape looks, you know, it looks fine. It looks, it looks good. He's definitely, he definitely checks a lot of the boxes. He could definitely move. He could definitely throw. And you know, his, his intangibles are there and he's got that, that stature about him. He's where got he, that it factor. Yeah. Like too. he's an athlete. And when like, you look into like who yeah. he is and stuff, he has that like mentality, that leader, that like, it, that it factor but you know also it, it's been a while since he's since he's played i think as you said he's he's a perfect candidate to do the mahomes route you know sit yeah. for a full year while san francisco kind of licks its wounds a little bit figures out who's part of the core and kind of shifts to that new era i think he'd be the perfect guy to sit under i still think justin fields is more polished i mean he's gonna be when you play at ohio state but he's more of a He's more of a guy that I think could can handle being thrown to, to the wolves. I think Trey Lance is a guy that you need. I think he's more of a game manager, frankly. To to I think he's going to be like that that Colin Kaepernick type. Where yeah, he's got all see, the intangibles. Once in a while, he'll steal you a game. He definitely reminds over, me of Kaepernick. But over the yeah, but over the course of ten games, twenty games, maybe a playoff game here or there, where I think it could catch up to him and where. You know, the accuracy is really going to get heightened where defenses will adjust and they're going to make him, you know, be more accurate with the football. And whether he can adjust to that, I don't know. Uh, but I think Justin Fields comes in and he's more of a game manager where you could win games with injuries, win games, you know, uh, down down 10 in the fourth. Whereas Trey Lance, I think he's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of moving parts. I think in my top three, I have Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance second from the upside, and what I was just talking about. But number three to me, it's not too far apart of the from two to four for me. But Justin Fields, like we were saying, I think he has a lot of the intangibles to be a successful starting quarterback. Ohio State quarterbacks, I'm not holding against them. They've never panned down the NFL. I don't think he's like the other ones. But his accuracy watching it on tape, it's it's there. He he makes all the throws. He has small hands, which is a concern to me. So does Trey Lance. But it's not the make or break thing. They're big enough to, you know, get by. But 
there are concerns of me reading the field and whatnot a lot of people have been talking about, but I think he answers and checks a lot of the boxes just like Trey Lance does, has a lot of upside. And I think he's not far off of Trey Lance's ability. Going into um, the next two, uh, the last quarterback we haven't spoken about, Mac Jones. To me, Mac Jones is the f- my fourth best quarterback in the draft. I think he's not far off of I, the, to me, his upside is limited, but I think he's more of, he's, he's not a game manager. He's better than that. I think he makes, he's very, a, really, really, really above average at play actions, getting the ball off quick. He's very smart, does a lot of the, the things that you need a rookie quarterback to do. He already knows how to do. He might be the most ready of all of them, but his um ceiling's not very high, you know, Everyone's seen it. I'm not saying anything that you haven't seen, but just from watching the film, I was impressed by it. But his upside's not too high. What do you think about Mac Jones? Uh, I, I disagree. I don't think he's a. I don't think he's a first round quarterback. Um, I think I'm I think, like late first for talent. I think I mean, one of these guys is gonna fall, but I don't know which one yet. Yeah, um, we're but, definitely gonna talk about that next. But but I think I, I don't know I mean you had you had the, I, it's one of those situations where the team around them was so good that you're probably not gonna get a t- chance to judge them I mean I saw I saw so many wide open throws I mean you had the Heisman you had the Heisman trophy winner you had one of the best teams ever and yeah he broke he broke the record for completion percentage but I just never saw them press so like I never really saw anything where he was like wow like he it's all runs through it all it all runs through him like it's just it's just one of those situations where I think he was carried. I think he was. I think he was carried by an all-time team, and I don't think I would not invest a first-round pick for him. He's got maturity issues with you know the DUI or whatever, whatever situation he had, which I'm not holding it against him, yeah. you know, because I'm not like an NFL team. But you know, it's definitely something where you know if he, it was another quarterback, it definitely would have been brought up. Yeah, yeah, teams are gonna notice that, and uh, yeah, I, I just I don't know. I just don't see. I just don't see where. I don't. I just don't see where he fits in in a long term so, system. Looking at the 49ers three, why I think Mac Jones would be a bad pick here. Looking at scheme fit, yeah, it would make sense because Jimmy Garoppolo, similar type of quarterback, and it could work with Shanahan. But to me, if Jimmy Garoppolo starts next year, and I'm not a, even a huge Jimmy G fan, but he has a shot at doing something. He took a team to the Super Bowl. So it's not like. He doesn't have a chance of going to the playoffs. Or if he was a starter, and say they went twelve and four, because they have a great team around them, say they went twelve and four, and Jimmy G did good enough, did a Kirk Cousins type of year, and exceeded some expectations, and they go to like the NFC Championship, and then there's no reason to really get rid of Jimmy G. Then you're looking at Mac Jones, who doesn't have that upside. He's just sitting there on the bench. Do you waste a? Th- you trade it up. You don't have a first round pick the next year. Like it could be a huge mistake taking Mac Jones here. And I don't hate Mac Jones. Like I said, I actually like Mac Jones. I don't think he's a top five pick. I've been when he was going to go like late twenties and stuff. I was like, I really thought he was going to go higher just because of quarter. A lot of teams needing quarterbacks. But now this whole third overall, I never saw that, and I I thought it was all smokescreen. And I don't think it's the pick here. But that's why I think the 49ers taking him would be a mistake here if they do tonight. But um. I think he's gonna be AJ McCarron real fast. I think he's better than McCarron, but it could he could end up becoming just pretty much like a Kirk Cousins if he all pans out type of thing. Where yeah, I don't even think he's on Kirk Kirk Cousins level. I see a journey. And I liked Kirk up. coming out of Michigan State too. Um, going into before we get into the the draft, who's gonna fall? Or 
non-quarterback talk. Anything left you want to say about the top five, and you do you want to rank them? Uh, the quarterback rankings. I mean, I do Trevor Lawrence, uh, Zach Wilson, Fields, Lance, and then a, dis- yeah. a distance five, okay. Mac Jones. Gotcha. But those four, I think, all have unique abilities that could that can make them great. Yeah, and. Um, just for people listening, if you like deep sleepers out there, not really deep sleepers, but guys that aren't first-round quarterbacks, from watching their film, I was really impressed by Davis uh, Davis Mills, David Mills from uh, Stanford. He played like 11 – he had like 11 starts, was a top quarterback coming out of school, had knee problems. His tape looks really good for a guy that's not supposed to be a first-round pick. Very similar, kind of a mix of like a Daniel Jones, Sam Darnold. And those were both high first-round picks. I'm not saying he's a first-round pick, but he's definitely someone that could potentially be a nice second-round pick development guy. Kelamon, to me, from a is the intriguing one that could end up becoming an intriguing potential borderline starter. His ceiling would be like a Dak Prescott, but he's a good game manager. I want to see it, wanted to see him do more in the tape, but he gets the job done. Kyle Trask, to me, should be a, like a nice long to- long 10-year backup in the league. If he needed to come in, he can probably get the job done. I don't hate it. Don't not dislike him, but I think he's not a first-round type of quarterback that some people have said in the past. But going from non talking about non-quarterbacks, I think the top guys in this draft that are supposed to be top 10 picks are rightfully so for the most part. I think Kyle Pitts is one of the best tight ends I've ever seen. He's not really even just a tight end. He's pretty much like a wide receiver, like a Calvin Johnson type. He was going against top corners in the draft, J.C. Horn, Patrick Sertain, running slant routes against them in press coverage on the outside like nothing. He's the absolute real deal, total package. Anything you want to say about Kyle Pitts? Uh, just, I mean, you know, it's he's kind of the the best play, the the quote unquote the best player in the draft. So it's going to be you know one of those things where you're going to get an instant. A team's going to be lucky to have him, um, and I think he's definitely. I think he's on that level where he warrants top top 10 talk uh, from a team that needs a quarterback. So, like, a team like the Falcons, obviously, I think they could ride it out for Matt Ryan one more year, and I think they'd be more than happy to take Kyle Pitts. And what we were just talking about, Lawrence Wilson at 2-1-2. Kyle Pitts, to me, I think is the fourth overall pick unless anything drastic happens and trade back or anything. But I think Kyle Pitts is going to be the fourth overall pick to the Falcons. And I was saying, Trey Lance to me, number three there. Do you think anything differently? From three and four? No. Right now, the arrow is pointing towards Trey Lance, I feel like. But I still think Justin Fields should be the pick. But right now, from reading the tea leaves, I think the the arrow is pointing towards Trey Lance. Yeah, and one thing we're going to talk about later in the show is, and a little bit mixing in in this conversation, is the odds for people that gamble legally on sports sports books, FanDuel and DraftKings, we have the odds. FanDuel... Sportsbook right now, third overall pick. This has been teetering all offseason. Mac Jones right now, from the last time I looked, was minus 310 on FanDuel, minus 310 on DraftKings. But that can change on any report. It's, you know, just They're really just going off of reports from the main mock drafts and main reporters out there. Uh, Trey Lance, plus, 270, plus 370 on FanDuel, plus 300 on DraftKings, pretty big difference there. And Justin Fields, plus, plus 500 on both sportsbook. 
pretty interesting, but I think that could be a swing to the Lance later on. I think this can keep swinging towards Lance, so it might be nice value there, something to look at. Right now with the number four overall pick, Kyle Pitts is minus 210, looking pretty solid there. Uh, Lance and Fields, Chase are the next. Uh, Jamar Chase, looking at his tape at uh, get, uh, hit the last year, he opted out this year. The national championship, he played with Joe Burrow. This guy is elite. This guy is so good. He's a number one receiver, one of the best receiver prospects I've seen in years. He has game-changing Devontae Adams, even potential ceiling of Randy Moss type of ability. Like, this guy is the real deal, and I think this is a rare type of receiver that you can really build an offense around. And my pick here at the Bengals, I think reuniting him with Joe Burrow, his former teammate at number five, Jamar Chase going here, pair him with T. Higgins and Boyd in the slot, and they got a nice offense. Yeah, it's too good to pass up. Uh you know, I think he's also one of those guys where he didn't play last year, and I kind of feel like it kind of hurt him a little bit, but it doesn't even matter. So, like, he's a white, he knows his value. And, yeah, I mean, I, I'd even go as far as to say I like this wide receiver group just as much as I like last year's wide receiver group that was so highly touted. I think you're going to have, you know, at least at least three guys go in the first round, if not four or five. I think the top guys in this year are really, really impressive. Where last year, Ruggs was the speedster, whether you bought the hype or not. He was the speedy guy of the group. Um, but Jerry Judy, uh, CD Lamb, Justin Jefferson, those guys are as good as it, uh, good as it comes in, the, in a top first round picks. But what I liked about last year, they had those really solid second round, third round type picks. Yeah, it's a little, a little Michael, more depth Michael last Pitt, year. Michael Pittman, yeah. T. Higgins, they were really, you know, Brandon Ayuk in the late first, yeah. Chase Claypool. They had some good guys there. A little there. more depth last year. The but... top guys this year, though, are outstanding. Yeah. Jamar Chase is the real deal. Jalen Waddle in space is the, one of the most deadly weapons I've seen in a while. I think he has Tyreek Hill separ- separate. Like, he could separate like Tyreek Hill. He's elite. And Devontae Smith, he's, his work, his production speaks for itself. 170 pounds doesn't worry me too much. I think he's going to be a really productive receiver. I think those receivers, without real much argument from anyone, are going to be really good in the NFL. Yeah, and then you got other guys that I like a lot, like Rashard Bateman. Bateman's good. From Minnesota, you know, kind of like a, a switchblade. Doesn't do anything great, but he just does everything well. And then you got another guy that I like a lot. I don't know if he's a first round receiver, but Elijah Moore. I know you like. He's him definitely a, lot. a first round. Yeah, from from. Uh, they're trend. They're saying he's trending now to the fourth pick after Smith. I mean, he's like, he's a specimen, man. He's just like fourth a fourth receiver pick. He's just an all vertical guy, just north south, just strong hands. And I know you're a big fan of his, but you know he's really grown on me. That game against Alabama, he was coming down with every yeah, deep. Yeah, ball. Yeah, he dominated. You know, every deep ball he'll. You know, every fifty fifty deep ball. He'll come down with. He's got. He's just a vertical guy that that you need. You know, if I'm if I'm the Jets, I'm looking at that too because it's like, absolutely. You know, he just he just catches the ball. He just catches deep passes and like that's what you need. You know, it's just you he know stretches the field just, too. Yeah, it's just it's just a vertical passing game. It makes everybody else's job easier when you know you got a guy that's just gonna north south and just come down with it. You know, the three cone drill, which tests like how quick you are agility wise, was pretty much the fastest recorded since Brandon Cooks in the combine. So his getting through, getting, you know, breaking in and out of his routes, quick passes, he's dominant. He gets across uh, deep balls, like you were just saying, contested catches. To me, 
those three receivers that we're saying, Bama and the two guys from Bama, Chase, Elijah Moore as number four for me. Bateman, I think right now would be number five. Rondell Moore is going to be so explosive in the NFL. They're going to give him on jet sweeps. He might not be your prototypical wide receiver, but he's a he's just a game changer. He's five seven. He gets the ball so quickly out of the um, backfield in jet sweeps. I think he's going to be a really dynamic player in the second round. Um, Kadarius Tony has some off field question marks, but he's really really good as a receiver from Florida and. Um, those are really the the top guys to me that are going to be the ones that stand out first round potential. There are a couple other guys in that conversation. Um, but going through the rest of this draft before we go through each pick, the the really the best two to four other prospects I think in my opinion in this draft, Penai Sewell is an absolute force. He's got all pro even potential Hall of Fame caliber type of player. He's the a dog like he is so good as an offensive tackle and he might be one of the best if not best offensive tackles in football in the next couple of years he's been pretty much a unicorn and type of like a prospect everyone's been talking about him for years I think he's the real deal and uh Micah Parsons as a Penn State fan dude just flies all around the field he's amazing at blitzes he can cover he really can do everything he's fast as hell runs a four threes so athletic Patrick Sertain, the second junior, um, he's Patrick Sertain, obviously senior son, was a dominant corner in the NFL, and J.C. Horn, his dad was Joe Horn from the uh, New Orleans Saints wide receiver. Both of them are number one corners. I think they are elite. J.C. Horn reminds me of Jalen Ramsey. Patrick Sertain, is, he's got that number one, just really rare type of corner uh, potential. Rashawn Slater is another one that I think is – the other really top prospect in this draft. But looking through the rest of um, the draft after the Bengals, the Dolphins at six, I think, could either be a trade-back spot, Sewell or Waddle. What do you think there? Uh, I think they're in a good spot where they take a, a shop. You know, they take a swing for the fences and take Devontae Smith. I mean, you know, I they've kinda, they kind of put some Band-Aids on their wide receiver room. I like their receivers. I like Preston Williams is real good. Will Fuller. Will Fuller, but you know, Will Fuller's a stopgap. Yeah. You know, he's not gonna he's not gonna be on the team more than a and year. Obviously Devontae Parker. And Devontae Parker. But these guys, you know, all have injury problems. All three of them, injury problems. I think they really you know, they've kind of handled this situation well. Uh they've moved up to six while while gaining an, another first. So they added ammunition while still moving up. I think I think they've earned, earned the right to take a you know a shot at a bona fide high upside Heisman winner that just had one of the greatest receiving seasons in the history of college football. Caught the game winning touchdown freshman year from Tua to win the national championship. Yeah. So like you know I, I think yeah Tua I think uh, yeah so I mean I think they take a swing for the fences and try to get you know the, the the highest upside guy and I think he is the highest upside guy in the entire draft. I think the sixth pick here is going to be, it's like I said, Penny Sewell and Waddle to me. I think if they don't trade back, it would come down between them two. I'm going to go Jalen Waddle here. I think Jalen Waddle would be the answer to all their problems at receiver. I think he's already has that uh, same, obviously, with Devontae Smith, that connection with Tua. I just think Waddle's a little bit more dynamic and would be a little bit more of a higher prospect than the Dolphins would go with Waddle over Smith in my opinion but I think Smith definitely makes an argument there um the next pick would be the Lions 
I think this is a spot where the Lions get a new GM. They have a lot of guys on the board that they might be interested. There's a lot of needs. I can see them definitely trading back here, and I think this could be a trade-back spot. If they don't go Penai Suell, this could be a trade-back spot. I think this pick could potentially be a Penai Suell spot for the Los Angeles Chargers. I think Justin Herbert was teammates with him. He said his dream would be to protect um, Justin Herbert again in college. I mean, in the NFL. Um, I don't know. I just think this is a huge need for the Chargers. They're they're kind of sitting there at pick thirteen, and I just think this is a good spot for them to to move up, protect their guy long term, and and solidify that. But I think Sewell would would be the pick here either way. I think Sewell's the pick. I mean, you know, you you heard uh, uh, Matt Campbell. You know, what do they want? They want kneecaps. Dan Campbell, all, yeah. Dan, or I say Matt, yeah. That's uh, I'm still thinking Jets good. head coaching. Yeah. Dan Campbell. Saying, uh, you know, we want kneecaps. He did fake that he was Dan Campbell, though. He did fake that he was Matt Campbell to yeah, get the interview. Of course he did. You know, and he signed him for six years. But <laughs> I think you're gonna get a guy. You know, it's 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 the Lions. They need all the the the, sh- the safety bets. You know, the sure things that they could get. They want a guy that's gonna get kneecaps and win the trenches. Well, that's your guy. You know, plain and simple. I think it really would set a tone for what. You know, Dan Campbell wants to do. I mean, he said it loud and clear, so why not go get yourself a mauler? Yeah. Um, the pick next pick here is the uh, Carolina Panthers, and they just made a move um, trading for Teddy, Teddy, Ted, trading Teddy Bridgewater to the Denver Broncos, who's the following pick for a six round pick in return. Um, obviously, earlier in the pre in the month, they acquired Sam Darnold from the Jets, so. They have Sam here. Do they add another quarterback's the question? If, say, Lance was picked here, it would be Mac Jones, who they coached in the Senior Bowl, and Justin Fields would still be on the board. If, you know, Chase would be gone. So it's Sewell, Waddle, if they're still not picked in those two previous spots, would be on the board. Rashawn Slater, if if those two were picked, would be the best on the board non-quarterback. To me... If they don't trade here, I can and those all guys were picked and they don't go quarterback, I could see it becoming between Rashawn Slater and Patrick Sertain. But I think this is a trade another trade back spot. Especially if the lines don't trade back, it'll definitely be a trade back spot. But the Panthers have already traded a second round pick for Sam Darnold. They're adamant about trying to get as many young prospects as possible, trying to, you know, add more draft picks. They've already vocally said that. I can see them being a team that trades back, trying to add talent. There's a lot of needs there. And a team that would trade up to me would be the New England Patriots. If Trey Lance and Justin Fields are on the board or Mac Jones is on the board, I think this is a spot where um, the Patriots move up. They're desperate for a quarterback. I don't see them going in with just Cam Newton. And I think the Patriots at pick number uh, eight here in Carolina would trade up and take Whoever's the top guy on their board left on the board at quarterback. Yeah, I, I like Rashawn Slater in the spot. I mean, he's neck and neck with, with Sewell. He can play um, guard or tackle. He can play guard or tackle so they can move it around. And you just invest. And now that you traded Teddy, I know that Sam, you know, Sam isn't probably going to be the franchise quarterback, but you still want to see him succeed. You traded traded for him, and you just traded you know your competition. So, I mean, they're going to want to see him succeed. I think uh, – I think trading back is an option if they do want. I think trading back is an option if they think they could still get a quarterback. Or good lineman. Yeah, depending how the market shakes up. But I think they go best player on the board, 
style right here and uh and uh and uh you know really just you know win win the trenches and uh, get get their linemen that they want get a tackle a guard that could you know play multiple positions and it's that's what it's all about i mean you know McCaffrey's not getting any younger so you know they really got to start building this thing up the right way um yeah I, I think if none of that trade back and all those picks we said happen originally i think the panthers slater would be the he would make a lot of sense there and that would be that pick if all that happened it didn't happen um the next pick is the team they traded Teddy Bridgewater to, the Denver Broncos. To me, I think Justin Fields, if he falls here, could be the pick here in Denver. Mac Jones is another one. If he falls, could be the pick. I heard they are they like him. Um, I don't know. I just think that them trading for Teddy Bridgewater would signal that t- Teddy Bridgewater would be the number one Bridgewater quarter uh, bridge quarterback. The Bridgewater would be the bridge quarterback for a rookie quarterback. I, I don't see them going Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater. I can see them trading Drew Locke and seeing what happens there. But to me, I think they're going to try and take a quarterback. If not, they're going to go Micah Parsons here. I think, uh, I think, uh, Jesse Horn would be a good, good JC Horn. Yeah. yeah. would be, uh, would be a good fit for a cornerback. I think, you know, uh, what's his name? The bum coach, uh, that we hate. Vic Fangio. Yeah, Vic Fangio is still a defensive guy. And I, I don't know. John Elway just gives me the heebie-jeebies at draft time. I don't, I don't know. He yeah. Just, I just don't see them taking a, a quarterback. I think I think he, honestly, God, probably believes in Teddy Bridgewater. He's tried this route ten times. You know, I don't know. I, I, I don't – I think they're going to – I think they like where they're at. And I think with Teddy Bridgewater and some added oomph to the defense, I think they could – he probably thinks they could win now. Yeah, we'll see on that. But yeah, you know, I, he does give me the heebie-jeebies coming around draft time. And then you get a cornerback that could that could slide in. Uh, Chris Harris is on his way out. If Chris he, Harris on the Chargers, or, uh, but they got Kyle Fuller. Kyle Fuller is what I was thinking. They right? just got Kyle Fuller. No, who was uh, who's uh, who was the that they franchise tag last year? Simmons. Uh no. Uh, AJ Boye, they got rid of. AJ Boye, they got rid of, and then they uh, have uh, Kyle Fuller, Bryce Callahan right now. Okay, yeah, yeah, Bryce Callahan is what I was thinking of. Okay, but I think uh, you know it would make sense. Bryce that Callahan they had, could, a, had a rough year last they year. Definitely too. Add, I was big on him. They could definitely add a cornerback in a division yeah. that has Pat Mahomes and Justin Herbert. So it definitely makes sense. Yeah. And uh, the Cowboys, I think if Patrick Sertain's on the the on the board, I think he's the pick here. He's what exactly the Dallas would want. I think he would be the pick there, and the Giants is after that. Any? Do you think Patrick Sertain, or cornerback, would be on the pick there for Dallas? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, anything, to, anybody on defense. And then we're not going to go through each pick in the draft, but the next, the next two we're just going to go through, and then we're going to talk about who's going to trade up and some players. Uh, the Giants and Eagles are uh, the next two, eleven and twelve. I think Giants. If Devontae Smith's on the board, it could be a potential pick there. Quiddy Pay from um, Michigan is a guy that yeah. I know they've been linked to. He's definitely the best edge rusher on the board. Um, I think Micah Parsons is a guy that David Gettleman's going to fall in love over. Um, those, to me, are the guys that I would see there. I could see Devontae Smith being an option, but I'm going to say it's either Quiddy Pay or Micah Parsons there. and. What do you think there for the Giants? Yeah, uh, I like I like uh, Michigan uh, D end, um, but 
didn't didn't he have a concussion issues or didn't he was uh, what happened to him two years ago? But regardless, I think yeah. I mean, I think they're gonna they got a lot. You of might options. be thinking of Jalen Phillips. Yeah, he's yeah. the other. He has bad medical problems. That's why I wasn't really a big fan. He's the other edge rusher. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think they got. I think they got a lot of options. Uh, it's it's a tough call because like you know they're they're a team where it's like they gotta win now. So like they could maybe try like to get like a waddle or like yeah. go for like a luxury. Uh, I don't know. They're they're one of the teams I have my eye on. I want to see how they how how they do how they go go about it. But right now I'd lean towards Waddle. I think they're gonna try to go for a luxury and really make it work with Daniel Jones. Now, what team do you think? I was mentioning two teams before that would trade up, but what team do you think is the most likely team to trade up tomorrow night into the top ten? Most likely team. Into into the top ten, I'm trying. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's like a wild card team that nobody that we're like that we're like obviously forgetting. But you want to say New England, but at first I would say New England, but with the way Teddy Bridgewater going to the Broncos, I'm, they might not have to move up. They might have someone fall to them depending how the board shakes. I know it's it's not good to go into a situation like hoping, but you know I, I don't know. I, I think I think it's going to be a pretty straightforward. Draft. I don't know if any team is going to really trade up into the into the top into the top ten right now. I don't know if New England's going to have to right now. The way I think it's shaping up, I think a Fields, Lance, or I think one of those guys is going to fall past out of the top ten. Yeah. So let's see. Going into the top ten, who has the best chance of falling? Lawrence Wilson. To me, obviously, I mean, not to me. That everyone obviously is, is locked. So Lance. Fields, Jones are being in talks for the top three. If not, one, two of them obviously aren't going to be picked. They drop. Falcons at four. If they don't pick quarterback, yeah. it's Pitts. Bro. They both fall. Bengals, they don't need a quarterback if it's Chase. They fall. Miami, they don't need a quarterback if it's Sewell, Waddle, whatnot. They fall. Lions have Goff. If they made a crazy move and went quarterback, yeah. But if not, they fall. Carolina has Sam Darnold. There's so much. Denver talent. has two guys. Denver say they're the first one to do it. Still, there's another one left. Dallas doesn't need a quarterback. Giants don't need a quarterback. And then you're at this point where Philly's got to choose. Do they get another quarterback yeah. when it hurts? Then it's Chargers, Vikings. Then you're right there with New England. So that it could fall I potentially. Really don't think they're have to I think up. the only two teams that really would have to make an aggressive move to trade up would be the Washington football team with Fitz Magic really not having another guy and the Chicago Bears with Andy Dalton and, and Nick Foles if they wanted to do something really aggressive. But you got to remember, too, thing to point out, Pat Mahomes was a trade-up from the Chiefs. They were like 20-something picking the draft, and so were the Texans. It could take a team like the New Orleans Saints or the Pittsburgh Steelers. It could take someone so random. The Texans can come out of nowhere and make a move because they don't know about Watson. So... Anything could be on the table in terms yeah. of these quarterbacks, how they fall, but someone falling, I think, can definitely be on the in the cards tomorrow, uh, tonight. So it's this draft is loaded this first round talent. So it's like I really don't see a need for a team to really trade up unless it's like you know, unless they don't, believe, you know, unless it's like New England who they love someone, they're not, they're not going to be. Stopped, and then there's but, some good guys like this yeah. Vera Tucker inside, interior uh, lineman, Darisaw, a tackle. Um, you have some edge rushers and corners that are good. Awusu Komaroa from Notre Dame's a good linebacker. Najee Harris. Uh, Najee Harris, Travis Etienne. There's like three to four or five good solid offensive linemen that you could take, which every team needs. Some good solid edge rushers. Bear, Christian Barmore from Bama is a solid D tackle. 
We had some mentioned some solid receivers, and then there's you know safety. There's other guys that are the top of the available. So there are a lot of guys that have talent. There's Caleb Farley's have medical problems. Yeah. Gregory Russo was a top ten pick and supposed to fall. So there's a lot of guys out there, and a lot of these teams could have different opinions. So a lot of madness could happen in terms because so many teams might just have different opinions and teams might start getting aggressive. Um, looking at the entire first round, who do you think, is there anyone off the top of your head you think could be a sleeper in the uh, first, in the later first round that you're keeping your eye on that we haven't mentioned so far? Uh, that we haven't mentioned so far? Uh, maybe, uh, Jaleen, did we mention Jaleen Phillips? Well, you said because he has medical injury, problems, he medical but he's problems. really good edge rusher. But yeah, you know, that Miami front seven was the has been the highlight of their team for the last two years. So anyone coming from from that that system, I, I'm going to keep my eye on. I mean, they had quarterback issues up up the ass in, in Miami, and they were really settled by their defense up until like the last few games of last year. But I, I like him a lot. Um, and then, you know, uh, 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 Jameen Davis. From Jameen Kentucky, Davis from, is fast. From Kentucky. That Kentucky defense was no joke. Yeah, the they're best legit. In the SEC. So I, I'd like to see you know them get a look, and you probably get him late in the first round. But other than that, I mean, I, I don't know if there's like anyone, like any sleepers, because I, I'm just, I'm like, maybe it's because of COVID, and we really, that the process has been a little different, where it's like you don't really see them night in and night out. But I'm excited for, for this. I think, I think that we're going to see a lot of elite talent I think the next uh, crop of elite talent is going to be in this draft class. Yeah, I think um, Aziz Ojolari, he's got some medical concerns, but this dude's a beast on the edge. He can really become like a, one of the top edge rushers if he stays healthy. Um, Jason Owa from Howell, New Jersey, ran a 4-3-4, 40-yard dash. This dude's a freaking monster, and he is going to be a nice, late, intriguing prospect late in the first round. I think someone's going to really have a nice sleeper there. Um, and I know he's not going to be in the first round, but Asante Samuel Jr. Asante Samuel Jr. is going to carry good. the torch. He's good. Out of Florida uh, State. Tevin Jenkins is a bruising right tackle from Oklahoma State I'm a big fan of. And uh, Greg Newsom's a solid corner from Northwestern. A couple later first-round guys. Um, and then uh, for the Jets, too, at 23, I like uh, Elijah Bear Tucker from USC. Kind of also another Mauler type that could play guard or tackle and move around. I think he's going to be versatile, and I think he's slotted at left guard next to Becton, and him, those two together, I think would form a power punch that would really stabilize the offensive line. So to end this show, we're going to go into some quick um, over-under, some bet, so pretty much just all prop bets from FanDuel DraftKings and find some good values to try and get win you guys some money going through the odds right now. Um, Top top ten betting top ten. So going through going through it, this is what I came up with. Lo- pretty much top ten locks are Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase. Pretty much locks, which those are four locks right there. P- Sewell, um, Mac Jones from in terms of odds, Lance and Fields all in terms of odds are pretty much locks, which would be eight guys if. Those are the highest, top highest odds. So it would be two spots remaining in terms of top 10. Patrick Sertain is minus 180 on FanDuel, minus 167 to be a top 10. Rashawn Slater's 155, minus 155 on FanDuel, minus 200 DraftKings. And then it goes Waddle at minus 135, minus 150. JC Horn, 
Devontae Smith, Micah Parsons are really the, and Quiddy Pay are the options there. Who do you think would be the two guys that really would be the like remaining two left if, say, those are all locks and it's between Slater, Certain, Waddle, Horn, Smith, Parsons. Which two of those guys you think are the best bet for uh, top 10? Uh, probably Slater and Waddle. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Just because... The Slater, he you know he's he's a premium position in offensive tackle, yeah. probably you know one A. So I think you know you can't put a price on that. And then Waddle, just raw talent. You know I think I think if a team falls in love with him, uh, he has the hype, he has the pedigree, and he has you know the intangibles. Yeah. Where you know like the Dolphins, you know could be the same Alabama situation. Um, I, I'd probably go with those two. Yeah, I, I actually agree. I think Waddle at minus one thirty-five Fanduel is a solid bet because he could definitely go to Miami at six. He could definitely go to Detroit at seven. He could definitely go to Carolina at eight, and those are really pot- high potential landing spots for yeah. Waddle. And that's not in thinking of a team like Arizona, who's going to be really, really desperate to get that last remaining chess piece in, in the slot of Waddle or Devontae Smith might be willing to trade up. Another team might also, if they see three top receivers are, are picked, or three top receivers and one or two of them are already picked, someone might get desperate and move up and make that move. So those are, I think, Waddle and Slater are good picks there. The over-under for quarterbacks, Mac Jones three and a half. I think the under, I mean, the over is a good bet there because people think he's going to go three. So it's like plus 200. Yeah, I mean, it's just, there's one pick. Yeah. You know, so you get past the, you know, you know he's not going one or two, so. You know, they I, have they have fields at seven and a half and Lance at seven and a half and six and a half right now. Those are intriguing because Lance can easily be below that and fields I think could go over. It's funny how much these numbers could all drastically change off and, one trade. Yeah, yeah, you know. Um, in the, the next hour, in the next couple hours, do you think Najee Harris or Travis Etienne is the first running back taken in the first round? And if and do you think there's going to be are they the only two taken in the first round? Uh, yeah, they're the only two taken in the first round. Uh, I'm trying to think of, oh, the, um, the North Carolina run. Javante Williams is a beast. Yeah, he is. He, he, I like, uh, he runs in the later rounds, Michael Carter. Michael Carter's solid. He's gonna be like Mike Davis. In the fourth round, yeah, yeah. He's he's gonna be a nice fourth round guy. Yeah. um, But Javante Williams runs hard. Yeah, he he does. He runs you over. He's tough. I don't know if he'll go in the first round. I think he might be like. He's 39 and a half right now, so he's an early second. I could see, I could see him being like the first pick of the second round. Yeah. You know? Me too. Um, But, oh, uh. I'm gonna say Najee Harris, just slightly, just over, just for the. I like him with the Steelers. I, I just because I I haven't I just because I've seen the most like smoke there with Najee Harris to the Steelers. I haven't seen much, you know, where any I don't I haven't seen any any anybody else linked to these. I, running I could backs. just see a team that is you know is already a pretty good team. Just feels like they can just put their entire run game around Najee Harris and he catches the ball. I think. I really, really honestly like – I'm a big fan of Najee Harris. I think Najee Harris is the total package, and I think he's going to be one of the best running backs in the NFL. He, I'm a really big fan of him. I think he's RB1. I think Etienne is really good as well, and Williams is good, but I think Harris is the top dog, and I think he could be the fir- definitely where, the first guy. Where do they got uh, Trey Sermon going? Trey Sermon I saw was – Because I like him too. I didn't see his odds, but I think he's like a, he's going to be second, third round. 
He might be the best pass catcher running back. He's got some medical problems, but yeah. he's a solid running back. He can, he could he's he, good. He could catch the ball. He could he could definitely uh I like him a lot too. Early on in the process, I thought he'd be a first round a first round running back. But Pat Fryer moves, if you don't get Pitts, which every team besides pretty much the Falcons won't. He's the easily the best tight end available after that. And I think a team like Dallas, someone that really needs a tight end, might make that move up and reach for him. Because what I saw at Penn State, he was very, very, very good. They called him Baby Gronk for a reason. This guy was elite. I think he's one of the biggest sleepers of the draft. I think he's going to dominate whatever team he goes to. Yeah. Um, any last uh, minute takeaways for the uh, draft uh... to wrap it up? No, I think it's going to be uh, – I'm excited. I think there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of good talent in this draft. And uh, I'm curious to see with just New England. I got my – I want to see what New England – because if they, if they get their – if they get a quarterback, like you, they obviously are going to try to make him, you know, their guy. But I'm just curious. I really don't think they're going to have to move up. I think someone will go to them, and I think they will take a quarterback. But I really don't think they're going to have to trade up. I think you might – the biggest surprise you're going to see this year is – I would say at least three to five prospects are going to come out of nowhere. Not come out of nowhere, but be surprised first-round picks. Because a lot of guy teams might say, you know what, in the late first, we got our guy and we can develop this guy and we don't want to wait and try and get him in the second. And I think the late first, a lot of teams are going to try and trade up at the end of the night and try and make some moves. But I think you're going to see some surprising picks. People are going to make him reach for maybe an offense alignment that people thought would be a second, third round pick. He might be a late first that out of nowhere. Guys that could be a real high pick in a lot of mock drafts might fall to the second round because they have a medical issue that no one realized because there wasn't a combine this year. So I think those are things to look out for. There's always shakeups. But I think uh, what we were, me and Joe were saying before, I think there's going to be one quarterback that most likely is going to fall and take that sad route, that, that dreaded sitting in the green room or sitting at home on Zoom. And what quarterback will be, we'll see. But uh, thank you guys, as always, for listening. Check out the mock draft, the final mock draft that will be out on offthegridiron.com. Appreciate the support. Let's go. Draft day. Peace.